We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hello, everybody. Jim Hackett, Pete Davidson, back at it. We are now, uh, this will be the second of three in a row, and Four of our five and five in like 10 days, Pete, of podcasts for the uh, NFL Draft, which is Thursday. It's creeping up. I'm getting a little excited. Finally, it's been years since the Patriots have had some uh, skin in the game, but with four picks in the first 63 in the first two rounds, exciting stuff, and you're getting a lot of rumors, and that's the kind of the fun stuff. And the position we're going to hit today is the running backs, of which there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about, so it's good. No doubt. As, no we, doubt. Creep, as, as we creep closer, it gets more fun. Yeah, I've had enough of rumors. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. That's, that stuff is just like reality TV for me, but man, this running back class. It's good. I could, I could watch... I could watch the top 15 guys, or no, top, let's say top 18, 17 or 18 guys. I could just watch them all day. Yeah. Um, my, my latest guy that I've sort of fallen in love with is uh, this kid, Philip Lindsay from Colorado. Oh, mm. man. He is just a joy to watch. Uh, and as I say in the article um, that we that's going up on EEI, probably before this podcast does, um, he's he'd look really good in a Patriot uniform. Well, it's kind of old school, this class, right? Because, I mean, you know, the running backs, the, the the league was centered around running backs the first, you know, two-thirds of my life. And uh, and it's, it's start, it, it has changed officially, but it swings around. It, 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 I, I always, always go back to Belichick with this stuff. And I, I talk about the first part, the, the first year of the kickoff of the dynasty when the league was all doing... Four three, he said, "Okay, I'll do three four, and I'll get the best of that lot." And when everyone was going with the alpha receivers, and he didn't want to spend the money on one of those, I'll go for two tight ends. And then when everyone starts grouping up on tight ends, and and I'll go heavy on slot receiver, and then I'll go running back c- committee, and I'll use them out of the backfield. And he just keeps moving it, moving it. So maybe we're seeing a little bit of a shift back to running back. I know the position's evolving and these skill players have to evolve with the game to stay relevant and it looks like with a healthy class like this that we might see a little influx of talent uh, at the running back and a little bit maybe more focus on it as the position evolves. Eh. <laughs> no, all that, nothing though. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 great running back class, but yeah. I, don't think, I don't think there's any stopping the NFL in terms of where it's going. Um, it's a throwing league. It's becoming more and more of a throwing league. I think all the head injuries and uh, I don't like to, I, you know, I said that almost like it's an annoyance. It's not. It's a reality and yeah. something we have to, to pay attention but to. But these guys got to learn how to pass, protect, and block down the field and catch the ball. And, and then they have, they've, yeah. they've adapted. And a lot of these guys can, it looks like. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't think, we're not going back to the old NFL. I guess. No, I know that. I'm not saying that. It's not happening. I'm not saying it's Jim Brown, but I'm saying that the, these guys, well, you Jim know. Jim Brown, Jim Brown would have, I think he's the best running back if he steps on the field today, he, you know, he would just catch more balls and kill you that way. Um, but you know, I, there are some old school guys in this class, but there's a lot of forward guys in this class too. And I tell you what, um, I think if the Patriots want to reload at the Dion Lewis position, yeah, they're going to have a couple chances to do it if they want to. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, as you and I have said many times, you're not going to make money trying to outthink Belichick, trying to beat him to the spot. But, um, 
if they want a guy who can sort of do a lot of Dion stuff, there's three or four of them in this draft that might be available. Um, you know, maybe with those six rounders that they've got. Very unique skill set on him, you know, and very unique talent. Uh, yeah. Hard to replicate, but there are, there are some guys, some wiggle guys out there and that can catch the ball and, and do some different stuff. Now, the Pats look pretty good in their backfield. I, I am not a Jeremy Hill fan. I know that's not going to surprise you. You aren't either, I don't think. No, I am. I just think he's a guy who... You got a little lazy last couple of years to me. I, I think he's a guy who needs to... I, I don't think his early success was handled well by him. Maybe that's the best way I can put it. If Jeremy Hill's got his head on right, he's in good shape, and he's playing hard, I, I still think he could be a good back in the NFL. But we were I think, excited about him coming out, coming out of his rookie year. I, I thought he that. was underrated coming into the league. Yeah. He, had, he had baggage. He was one of those guys we knew had some stuff from the neck up. Um, you know, But he came in and worked his tail off his rookie year, and he did really well. Um, he's the guy you know, he had a three-down skill set if he wanted to develop it, and, and it didn't really happen. He sort of... I don't know. To me, it's, he struck me as a guy who started Cadillacing once he yeah kind of became a plotter. Yeah, you know. Uh, but hey, Patriots, I think is dream landing spot for him if he can find uh, his way back. Uh, you know, to working hard and grinding it out. Who knows? I think he conceivably could do great things as a Patriot, and I think he could conceivably not make the team. So yeah, you know, we'll just have to see how it goes. It. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like it's him versus Galisi for Galisley. Galisley, yeah, for a roster spot. Well, the two guys, I, I, I think, yeah, yeah, I think Rex Burkhead and James White are rock solid, right? right, right. And and then later in the draft, when they've got like sixth, seventh round, um, and there's a lot of talent in this running back class, that maybe they address something and bring a little right. competition in. But you're right. I think it's. I don't think they're going to keep Hill and Gillisley. You know what I mean? So there's some competition. Yeah, there. I don't think so. I mean, um, they might, but I don't think so either. But there's definitely a, a, a you know, uh, let me, I'm just going to go th- like, uh, and I, you know what? I can barely pronounce his first name, but Naeem Hines at NC State. I think he'll go a lot earlier than the Patriots want to spend. Mm. So I don't, you know, he'd be an amazing replacement for Lewis. Um, but I don't think they're going to be able to afford him. Um, you know, Ronald Jones could also maybe fill in that role. But again, I don't think they're, they're going to want to pay those prices. Um, Mark Walton would be a potential fit there, and he could slip. But I don't think Walton is a Belichick kind of player, even though he's you know, 202 and a heck of a receiver. Mm. Uh, the guy I'd love to see is Akra Wadley out of Iowa, who could slip. Mm. Um, and he's sort of got that Deion Lewis thing where he's got the heart of an inside runner, but he's got major quicks and passing game chops where, I mean, he'd, he'd be a tremendous replacement if, if, if the value was right. Well, two things on that. Okay, you mentioned a couple of things. The, the guy at the top you mentioned, NC State, uh, Hines, they must have had a heck of a backfield last year because the guy I really like in this class, and we talked about him a little bit yesterday, is Jalen Samuels out of, yeah. out of NC State. Yeah. Um, and he kind of smells like Patriot-like to me. And oh, he's, he's also in that same tier. Patriot um, City. Well, I've got him actually in the next tier. Yeah, that's tier four, right? And you, you tier- yeah. Yeah, and just mentioned that Akram Wadley guy. He's in that same tier, so right. a lot to get to. Yeah, Samuels is a big back, and, and the thing with him is I don't even know if he's the back. You know, interesting thing about Jalen Samuels, now he's got basically a running back in college, although he did a little bit of everything. Yeah. But he's he's got the tight end distinction at the combine. I'm wondering, I, I guess maybe that was his idea or his agent's idea. I'm mm. not sure. But it might be a little bit of an indication as to where we're going in the future, where a lot of these guys, if if, if you can play running back in another position – you want to be the other position, yeah, because you just have a better career in the NFL. You know, uh, if you can catch sixty balls instead of running it one hundred and ninety times, most people will take the sixty receptions. You know, all day. So you know, maybe he's the guy who doesn't 
want to be pigeonholed as a running back because of the way the it's the whole CBA and, and the yeah. whole paradigm works against running backs these days. Yeah, for the money, right? He wants to give himself some versatility, and that that's why well, yeah, I think I mean, we yeah. always go back to the Patriots because they love those versatile if guys. He, if he yeah. ends up being a joker tight end, then he can have you know a long career. Yeah. yeah. You know, if he if he's a running back getting 200 carries uh, a year, he's he's done before he's 30. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not I'm just guessing at this, but uh, it's it's interesting. He might not you know it it might not be him getting pigeonholed so much as him. Wanting to be yeah. older, something well, like that. But his he, his skill set kind of reminds me of like a Keith Byers type, right? Who had the big frame, but was definitely more of a uh, threat catching the ball out of the backfield than he was running it. Yeah, I, uh, big frame though. Yeah, back I mean, frame. He's, I, I think he's more versatile than Byers. Mm. Um, I sort of I sort of hate Byers personally, but um, I mean, I could, you know. He was pretty good, though, production-wise. I just he? personally hate him. Well, so, why? Uh, because he fumbled for the Jets in the championship uh, game. Okay, uh, now we're getting okay. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis getting Martin, it. Keith Byers, yeah. dead to me. Um, <laughs> I, was, that was a, I was slow rolling. Byers is pretty good. I don't hate ourselves. Keith Byers. <laughs> I just despise him. Um, we're good with the tuna here in New England. But. Yeah. No, it, look, Byers was a, a, a very good football yeah. player. And the irony is the guy fumbled like once every other year. But, of course... It's for the Jets in the yeah. championship game. Um, yeah, Testaverde fumbled. Byers fumbled. Curtis Martin fumbled. Is just, you know. Ray Lucas. Oh, God. Just don't even get me started. But this is just a it's fun insanely class. deep running yeah. back class. It's so good. Um, and, you know, another guy who I don't I, – you, I think you may have pre-read the column that's going to be going up on EEI soon. Some of it. But one of my favorite guys who I just got to a couple of weeks ago is this kid, Boston Scott. Yeah. Um, and I said I'd, I'd, it'd be interesting to hear the announcer say, New England hands off to Boston, uh, <laughs> you know, for a first down. Um, this kid's got a little special to him, mm. and uh, nobody's talking about him. And, and maybe there's a reason. Maybe if I was able to get 20 of his college games on film, I'd be able to pick out some yeah. some warts that the NFL will find. But boy, in the 10 minutes or so I was able to to get a look at him, I was really impressed. And he's one of these... 5'6", kind of strikes five, me, though, six, but he's over 200. Yeah. And he's got incredible agility, burst, uh, some nice vision. He can catch the football. Uh, very interesting player. Uh, I, I, I really hope that that he gets a shot because he's just he's fun to watch. Five um, six. If I, if I get in a pickup basketball game with him, I'm still playing center in that team. <laughs> you like that, don't you? <laughs> <Dude>. uh, <laughs> so yeah, let's. But let's rather than just buzz around, uh, which is my fault. I started it. No, no, no. Um, let's start at the top with uh, tier one, which is a one man tier. Yeah, and you know what? And that's Barkley. Yeah, and Saquon Barkley. But he not only is he a one in terms of tiering the fin- running backs from a fantasy football perspective, but He's right at the top of the draft. If you listen yeah. to the, you know, to the, the quote unquote pundits, but uh, yeah. he's, you know, the skills are merited. He's got the size. He's got the whole package, um, and he's in his own tier by himself. And I think no more need to be said other than what yeah. he brings, right? Well, you know, there's a there's a huge kerfuffle on, uh, you know, in the Twitter sphere and and and, and in other places. Um, with the fantasy football people and the draft Knicks and the analytical folks where, you know, you just don't use first-round picks or high first-round picks on running backs, um, and they're wrong. You know, I, I'm not going to be polite on this one. They're just not right. They're wrong. It's not true. You can use a high pick on a running back and be smart, but it's a, but it's, it's a narrow window to find that type of player. Mm. Um, 
Saquon Barkley's not a running back. He's a football player. It's important that people look at him that way. If you sit there and try to put two letters next to his name and then say, nope, he's this, he's defined by these two letters, you're missing just, it. You're missing the boat. Um, so, you know, when, when analytics folks, and, uh, you know, not necessarily just analytics folks, but it tends to be them for the most part, say, oh, you know, running backs, they're, they're redundant. There's so many of them, they're devalued. Well, first of all, you and I have been saying the same thing on this podcast for like five years. So first of all, welcome to the party. Second of all, be careful on which running backs you're talking about. Now, if you're talking about Leonard Fournette going too early last year, I am 100% with you. I will strike up the band and sing your song. Okay, I would agree. 100% correct because he's nothing but a traditional running back and a darn good one. Yeah. Okay. On a team but, that needed one with a you know but, questionable quarterback, so it made sense. However, no, it didn't make sense. It was too damn soon. They right. should not have taken Leonard Fournette. It was a bad pick. When did they take him? Was like the fourth. I, think, I want to say it was eighth overall. Yeah, I was going to say that's okay. just off the top of my head. Somewhere between four and ten. Yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't make sense taking a conventional running back high in the NFL draft because of the way the game is moving. Yep. But then also because of the market itself, it's too easy to get a good running back. Yeah. Look what Carlos Hyde just got in free agency. Well, look at the Patriots. It was, Rex Burkett was fourth on right. the Bengals' depth chart last right. year, and everyone said he's third. It, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. they had. Uh, well, no, they, they had. They had uh, you got to factor in um, the third down back too. Where they give the juice to a lot. There's names escaping me right now. Well, they had Hill, Chain they had guy. Gio, and they had Burkett. Yeah, yeah, but the uh, the rookie too. Um, well, he was gone before the rookie came in. Okay. Um, he was a Patriot, I think, before the rookie came okay. in. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, Burkhead's a good example. Look what he did for the Pats last year, and there's still no market for him. Right. Like the NFL saw what the Patriots did, still unconvinced. No, nope, we never liked this guy. We don't care how good. The yeah, Patriots they thought they thought he was a sh- like a short yeah. yardage guy and a special teams guy. And we're like, no, 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 right. no. He can line up in the slot. You can line him up outside for heaven's sake. So right, and, and he's did. better than most goal line backs in the league. Yeah. Uh, so. Rexy does it all. I love that guy. Yep. So, but he's a perfect example of what folks are talking about. In that, there's just a lot of running backs out there, and the market for them in terms of money, it's just not there. Yep. Um, so Fournette, to me, perfect example of that. You can even make an argument on Zeke Elliott because he is not the dynamic type of player that Barkley is. But when you're talking about a guy like Barkley, or like if you put David Johnson back into the draft, mm. okay? Now, mm. Johnson came from a small school. There were other reasons that he slipped. Although, if you go back and read our scouting report on him, Hacksaw, we had it. We, oh, knew, yeah. David, yeah. we knew David Johnson yeah, was we did. great. Yeah. Other people didn't. Man, well, I drafted him first. That, you know, like, so. But... But Saquon Barkley is like David Johnson, where he completely, like, you take out the whiteboard with your playbook and go, wow, Mm. we can do anything with this guy. Mm. He can play X, he can play slot, he can line up in the backfield. He is a complete, you put that guy in the huddle and the defense doesn't know who he is. Yeah, he's a real weapon. Huge weapon, and he creates matchup problems, and he makes your team better. And he's not replace. You can't go to the, the the big pile of running backs in free agency and replace David Johnson right. if you're using his full skill set. And you can't do it with Saquon, Saquon Barkley. So do not throw players like them in the pile with guys like Fournette or even Gurley or even. Well, I'm not, yeah, Gurley was a much more traditional running back style guy when he came out. I mean, he, he well, showed he more is. last year. But, but sh- not, not, but not, not like not Saquon like this Barkley, guy. Yeah, not like David Johnson. He's a conventional receiving running back. You get him the ball in space, and he can do some yeah. wonderful things. Yeah. But we're talking about guys who can break formation and literally play another position. Yeah. It's a special talent. Not that many running backs have it. And when you've got a traditional three down skill set as a runner, and you can 
literally just play another position, that brings so much added value if, you know, assuming you have an offensive coordinator who can scheme that, right? Some guys, I mean, we know that there's some dinosaur teams out there who just don't want to change. You know what? They're going to be losers for the most part. Who cares about them? Yeah. But the teams that really have their stuff together, you know, offensive coordinators like, you know, the Belichick-McDaniels combination, like Bruce Arians, like Sean Payton, these guys know how to use talented players like these, and it they're special, and it's wrong to put them in that RB basket. They They have their own special basket, and they should be valued as such. I agree with you, and that that's kind of where I was going um, when at the top I said, you know, in terms of relevance, because there are guys coming out that can do more things, and they have to, right? And this, but this guy's so different. And um, and by the way, just going back to traditional stuff, and I know the league, right. and we're moving on from that. By the way, the Giants could use a running back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So not only do they get. All this other stuff with this, and by the way, if you've got Odell Beckham Jr. on the field as, as well, triple wow. Um, and Evan Ingram. And Evan Ingram, yeah, another guy to think of, right? So just offensively, right. schematically, and trying to, trying to match up against that team, it makes sense. So, I, but I don't think people are, are thinking about it in the full context like you just explained. I, I think that's correct. Now, are the Giants a team that will use Barkley's full skill set? I don't know. Mm. So if they choose him, I don't know if it's a good pick until I actually see them utilize the player. Right. If they, you know, if the Giants take Saquon Barkley and use him as a stud running back slash stud slot receiver slash guy who can go line up outside for you and just create matchup nightmares for a defense, yep. I think they could return decent value on the pick. Now we talked last the other day, and I don't think they should take him at two. Because at the bare minimum, they should be able to flip the Jets and make a little profit there. Yeah. So if, if, if Barkley's what they want, at the bare minimum, they should be flipping with the Jets. But, you know, whatever. What, I My thing with the Giants is, let me see what they do before I kill them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Fair. I, I think a lot of people are making a lot of good points, but they haven't done it yet. So let's, let's at least give them the opportunity to screw up. Before we dig their grave, yeah, um, and I think we talked a little bit too about about positioning, right? I mean, Cleveland has two picks at the top, including right. the top, and that's where the Giants are sort of in, yeah, it's in a pickle, posturing they, a little, right? Because they can't move to five because of Cleveland, right? If they again, if they if if they're committed to taking Barkley, they they can't move back past Cleveland, correct? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's why I keep going back to that thing with the Jets, or you know, if again, if you're the Jets and the Giants call you and you hang up the phone. I mean, you're an idiot because the Giants can call any number of teams. Yeah, you know, if the if you sit there and tell the Giants now nah, we're not going to give you a little something to swap, and then the Bills move up in front and take your guy, and then you're taking a guy you don't like as much. Yeah, after giving up three second rounders just for the right to move up a couple spots. So stupid. It's it's yeah. It's penny wise pound moronic. Yeah. yeah, and it was penny wise potentially penny wise pound moronic to do it anyway. If it's not going to be the if they don't have a specific guy that they're targeting, it's, if it's just kind of like malleable, then it's just a dumb move. I, yeah, like as I said at the time, if the Jets aren't, if the Jets don't love three quarterbacks, they took a big risk. Yes, they did. If they only love two, they took a big risk. Um, you know, hey, we'll see how it plays out. And you got to know your division. My mates fork too, is ready. Right? I am ready to kill the Jets. <laughs> but 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 again, I, I I have to let it play out first. It's so fun to think about. But you know, but like oh, also, yeah, it's a blast. But also, no, oh no, oh, oh, know your division. I mean, you know, the Patriots are going to be very active. They've been dominating you for so long, and they've got a lot of draft capital. and They got a lot of holes. They're going to be active. You're going to be ready. And the so maybe Patriots? it was a reactionary move. Maybe the Jets, you know, they think it's a proactive move, but they better be ready. To, they better know what they want. 
That's the thing. I think giving up, you know, that much draft capital to move up for the quarterback when you're in the division with the Patriots is perhaps short-sighted. I but but by the same token, if they're doing it because they've got a quarterback, if if they're doing it because they have three quarterbacks on their board that can change, you know, the whole trajectory of the franchise, mm. I can't knock it too much. Mm. But man, if you miss and Belichick hangs around for another six years, yep, <laughs> you can fold up your tent for a while. Yeah. So you know, you better be right. Yep. Yeah. Better, better be right. It's going to be fascinating. All right, let's move down the This uh, could be a fun draft in that regard. It really is. And in I mean, so starts, many ways. It starts right from the right from the tip-off, right? I mean, Cleveland's just the, who knows what the dumbest heck those dumbest organization you have maybe in sports. And they have all the chips. I know. It's like you walk into the World and Series. And the worst of, coach. It's like you walk into the World Series of Poker and Alfred E. Newman is there with all the chips. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Want some? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a fascinating start to the draft and, and right through the, uh, the whole thing, actually. But the first couple of days are going to be really interesting. So Yeah. Well, just the first round, because you have so many people with multiple picks who need quarterbacks. Mm. I mean, it's going to be wild because teams have the ammo to do so many different things. And I think, you know, the Patriots are like the elephant in the room. I think just the specter of Belichick there with extra ammo and a need at quarterback yeah. could cause other teams to overthink things, panic, pay too much, move up maybe even when they don't need to, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, so it's... I mean, it's it's compelling theater. Oh yeah, yeah, no, there's gonna be there's gonna be plenty to dive into, and let's get a little deeper into this position, Pete. But one, what, as we yeah. as we Barkley, move off of love, Barkley, awesome, yeah, tremendous, everything and, we already said, but everything he can do, you know what I mean. But one of the things I want to say about like you know, re- literally like the next like ten guys, they're all under six foot. You notice that? Um, next like fifteen guys. They're all 5'10", 5, 5'11", 5, every one of them. Yeah. I mean, Except a couple that are smaller. A, a couple of them are right there at six foot. I yeah. mean, just I, I round up or down just based on traditional math. So yep. if a guy's 5'11", 0.4, I round him down to 5'11". Yeah. Because putting 5'11", 0.4 in a written article just doesn't look very good. No. Um, so, you know, Royce Freeman's between 5'11 and 6 foot. Kerryon Johnson's between 5'11 and 6 foot. Mm. Um, and Freeman's big. I mean, he's almost 230. Yeah. Freeman's a beast, man. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of, of Royce. I, I think Royce has got some game. And um, it was nice to see him rip up the combine, and yeah. now all of a sudden he's got a lot of fans, which is which is nice. That happens um, after the combine, yeah. And, and Hines is another one of these running backs who can be pretty much whatever you want him to be, with, you know, with the exception <laughs> of... Uh, you know, like a short bar- yardage back, a volume right. running back. But he, I would love to see him land on a team that's got a Isaiah Crowell, LeGarrette Blunt kind of early down guy mm-hmm. where he can sort of share early down work and have all the passing down work. He mm-hmm. could be, I mean, I doubt this happens, but he's got the talent to be a fringe RB1 in PPR fantasy leagues if he happens to get the right spot. I mean, mm-hmm. he could have a... Kamara kind of impact Ooh, in yeah. the right in the right spot. Now he's not going to get it because Kamara already got that. He spot. got that gig, yeah. I mean, the Saints gig with with that coach and that quarterback. Yeah, that's, and that skill set. It doesn't get any better for that style of running back. Mm. Like if you put David Johnson on the Saints, now forget oh, about God, it. God, shield your eyes. Yeah. Um, 
but but Hines has got that type of skill set. Mm. Um, but anyway, let's look at the, the second tier with Geis, Chubb, and Michelle. Yeah, these guys now, get a lot of these guys get a lot of uh, uh, pub, you know, heading into the draft. So these this are is RB1, tier two. Yeah, RB one caliber guys. Uh, unfortunately, there's a rumor now, sort of floating around. I didn't put it in the article just because you know what? It's a rumor, and until I hear it from a really good source, and until I hear the actual specific injury that might be there. Uh, I don't want to say anything bad about Sony Michelle, but mm-hmm. there's a rumor floating around that he could slip due to injury concerns. That's um, too bad. Yeah, I mean, I hope it's just a rumor and he is just fine because I'm a big fan of Sony. Um, but uh, Geis, Chubb, and Michelle, big time backs. Yeah. Um, you could probably order these guys however you like. For me, Geis has been relatively healthy. He's relatively low mileage. Um, and I think his passing down abilities are really underrated, particularly mm-hmm. because he's a good blocker and mm-hmm. he plays with a lot of attitude. He can this stay is, on the field. Yeah, this is not a guy who, uh, you know, he, he's not a diva. This is a guy who doesn't mind rolling up his sleeves and, 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 and playing tough football you know, in the glue areas. Mm. He's he's a team player. Uh and I I think he's gonna be a good one. Chubb 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 would be like neck and neck with Barkley if he had more receiving stuff on film yeah. and if he didn't have the whopper of a knee injury three years ago. Mm. The knee injury he had was bad. And the the way he's come back is a testament a to how hard he works, and B to what an amazing athlete he is. Because this guy damaged three out of four ligaments. Yeah, and he had three out of four replaced. Yeah, no joke. I, I mean, that's amazing that he's running the way he's running. But now he's done it for two years. So I mean, I I, I don't think it's fair to to peg him down that much for the injury because he's proven that he's back. Yeah. Um. He's not. And we've seen not, people come back many, many times. It, he's far I, enough removed that maybe he's okay. I don't know how many times we've seen a player come back from that. Um, you know, Lattimore a couple of years ago, I believe, was all four, mm. and I think he had more soft tissue damage, you know, to to the cartilage and that kind of stuff. So, you know, Lattimore's injury was even worse, and you know that pretty much was his career. Uh, Chubb seems to have the fact, I guess, that the PCL hung in there. Yeah, uh, it, maybe it's given him more tightness upon his return. I'm not sure, but uh, Nick Chubb post injury is still an amazing football player. Yeah. And, and and the fact that he's been able to have two fairly high volume years back to back post injury, I'm jumping back in the water. I'm I'm, I'm buying back into Nick Chubb. Yeah, good to hear. Good to yeah. hear. Uh, and then you got Michelle who shared it, a backfield with him. It, yeah, yeah, it's sort of ironic that he's now got injury concerns because what's wonderful about him is that he's so low mileage. Right. You know, yeah. he hasn't had that primary workload ever. Um, with you know, he's been. I'm, I'm going off the top of my head here, so forgive me if I'm off by 20 carries or so. But he's been in that 170, 150 carry a year um, area, and you know, I think NFL teams like that. Yeah, pretty fresh feet. You know, I mean, you can argue that he's never proven that he can handle the workload. Eh, I'm willing to take that. This guy's strong, tough. I don't think he'd have a problem carrying it, you know, 240 times in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, um, whatever the injury concern is proves to be uh, not a big deal. You know, with so many with so many quarterbacks going to be going early in the draft, where do you see a guy like Geis or Chubb or Michelle falling in the draft? In terms of number or yeah. location? So, lo- well, I'm thinking like in the draft, you know what I mean? So second, third all, round? I think all these guys become viable once we get passed around pick 20, I think they all probably go somewhere in the last third of the first or first half of the second, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you never know. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like when you're in a fantasy draft with quarterbacks, the longer the first guys can hold off, the deeper 
the good guys last into the draft. Sure. So it you know it can play like that with running backs too. Maybe they all go in the second. Maybe somebody even slips into the third. I mean, mm. you just you never know because these NFL teams, just like us, they're going to be going. Well, what's the worst thing that happens? We take Carry On Johnson. You know, we take we take Rashad Penny. We take yeah. John Kelly. You know, there's a ton out there. Yeah. Right. I mean, I have legitimately ten backs who I think are starting caliber, and, mm. and that's and and by the way. You could easily make an argument for some guys outside the top ten, like Jalen Samuels, if he was a full. No, we talked runner. about him at the top. I mean, that right. guy, that guy's going to be an NFL player. I have no right. doubt. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Geis's backup, Darrell Williams. Yeah. Um, you know, some people think Galen Balage is the next star running back, and you know, I, I, I'm a little bit more iffy on him, but the talent is clear to see. And Scarborough's still out there from Alabama. You know, it's a yes. big, big player, big program. He, he could certainly be an early down runner for some team yeah. in, in the. You know, like we said, the Crowell kind of yeah. blunt kind of role. Um, well, the guy from BC that the Giants had there. For, yeah, the guy um, whose name we couldn't figure yeah, out. Yeah, still can't ago. figure. No, it's what is it? Is, is Jason Williams or what is no, it? No, I. Uh, <laughs> this is two pods. Why in a row. did you just do that? To me? <laughs> Why did you just button hook me? I like know it's that? not Paul Perkins. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, let's just get off this for a second, please. Oh, you're killing me. Um, but. Uh, no, I almost have to go. No, 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 no. Just keep going. I'll do it as you go. So, um, you know, let, let's let's jump into the second tier now because I know we're a little bit jammed for time on today's pod. Yeah, well, we got guys. Chubb and Michelle was tier two. Right. Those and, guys are monsters. Yeah. And, and then Freeman's a guy. I guess the argument, the only two arguments I could make against Royce Freeman would be that he's got a ton of mileage. I mean, this guy's had just an immense amount of college carries. Um, and then the one other thing, if you want to... Andre Williams. Uh, yes, Andre. All right, I had the last name right. Yeah. Um, yes, Andre Williams, whose college film was intoxicating yeah. just from a standpoint of the way he abused defensive backs on the second level. Look, BC was a second-tier right. NCAA team that they, right. they did really rem- well with him. I remember talking about him when he came out yeah. and you know saying, this is a guy who would have been so good a decade ago. Yes. Or two decades yes. ago. Yes. But in the in the new NFL where they have to pass protect and they have to be able to catch and run routes, he just didn't have. Yeah, not so stuff. much. Yeah. So anyway, um, his although his stiff arm was a thing of beauty. Oh, it's so funny. I can't remember it's like his Earl name, Campbell, but I can picture him in my mind like it was yesterday. Yeah. Um. So anyway, where were we? Um. We were kind of cleaning up uh, oh, yeah, tier Royce two Freeman. and moving into the third tier, which Royce, is the running backs rated five through ten. Right, Royce Freeman, and I'm, I'm just just to. To back up my, what I'm saying here, I'm, 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 te- I'm looking up his stats right now. Yeah, 947 career carries. Uh, that's a lot of college yeah, that's carries. Yeah, a lot, yeah. Um, he had a 283 season back in 2015, 244 this past season. Mm. Uh, his, I mean, his freshman year, 252 carries. Wow. I mean, you don't see a lot of college freshmen get 252. Now, and the Ducks the, used to throw the ball a lot. I'm a right. little surprised. Well, to me, the big question about Royce Freeman is why did he play his last two years of college football? Mm. If I'm his agent, he would have come out after year two. Yeah, after um, 500 that's, carries, right? That's just me. Yeah. Um, so Good Freeman, question. I think, you know, clearly a guy who's proven to be able to handle the load. Um, you know, he, he could lead a backfield right now if he had to. Carry on Johnson out of Auburn. Um, not sure why um, he didn't run uh, his 40 at the Combine. I, I, um, you know, I think he ran about a 4.54 at his pro day, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Uh, he's got more than enough speed to be uh, a running back in the NFL. And what's great about Carry on Johnson is he's a tough player. He can pass protect. He can catch the football. Uh, three down skill set. Uh, he could. I, I could have easily moved him above Freeman and attached him to the first tier. Um, 
he's just a really good running back. Yep. Um, and, you know, Ronald Jones, you know, a lot of people have Ronald Jones as like their second or third back, or at least before he got hurt at the combine, mm. they did. Um, you know, and he, <laughs> it's so funny sometimes. I've heard a lot of people say, well, he didn't run as fast as I thought. It's like, dude, he got hurt in his run. Yeah. He barely finished the thing. <laughs> you throw that number out, it's yeah. completely meaningless. Right. Um, you know, this kid flashes sub 4.5 speed on film. I'd be shocked if a healthy Ronald Jones ran over 4.5. It, mm. it, it would really surprise me. He's fast. Um, it's, it's right there on the film. Um, the thing about him is I feel like he's still growing as a player. Mm. Um, he's one of those guys where his rookie year won't tell the story. I think year two and three, you could see a lot from him. Hopefully he gets a good landing spot. Um, I don't think he's going to be a volume runner, but sort of like Himes, if he gets the right type of share, yeah. he could have a lot of fantasy value. Yeah. Didn't catch a lot of passes at USC, but as I say in the article, you know, if if Sam Darnold stopped looking downfield and remembered that he has a running back to throw to, just, this this kid could have easily. I was cut just going to say that. I'm wondering year. if having like the top quarterback in the country, uh, uh, you know, on your team helps his profile or hurts it. So that's my next question. It was, could go either yeah, way depending yeah. on the makeup of that quarterback. But Darnold's like Jameis Winston, as yeah. I said. He likes pushing the ball down the field, and um, I've I I have seen him throw into some coverage when he should have just put the ball to Jones. Um, you know, on some level, you love it when your quarterback pushes the ball down the field. But, uh, you know, Darnold's a guy who only had two full seasons of starts, and, and it shows sometimes. Yep. You know, it's not – no big deal. You know, if he was a, a fourth-year starter at USC, I'm sure he would have found uh, Jones more often. Sure. Um, and, and now needed move, to. Yeah. yeah, let's move down to Rashad Penny, who is in a lot of people's top four. Yeah, he's gets a, he gets a lot of pub. I was seeing a lot yeah, of him on the draft. Yeah, and he should. Thing. He's a very talented runner. I love the way he runs. He's He runs with heart. I wish he played the full game with that kind of heart. I don't like the – well, I hate him in pass protection. It's it's I In fact, I stopped watching it. It's so tough to watch. Mm. Uh, and I don't like his route intensity. Um, I feel like he jogs his routes too often. Mm. So sometimes he – well, not a lot of the time he strikes me as a player where when he's not the primary focus of the play, he's not as intense. Mm. I don't like that. No. Now, is that the kind of thing where the light could come on as a pro and all of a sudden, you know, his paycheck is involved? Yeah, maybe. You know, or maybe he gets the, around the right people and the right program. It could some, change a little. Yep. Yeah, but he or definitely does needs, as I've said about other guys, he needs to find his football Jesus and mm. he needs to find him fast mm. because if he, you know, if he pass blocks run, and, and blocks for his teammates and runs his routes the way he did at San Diego State in a pro camp this year, he's not going to be playing much as a rookie. Mm. Um, so that's why he's, you know, maybe ranked a little bit lower than his talent suggests he should be ranked. Um, but he's still in my top 10. He's still a guy I have immense amount of respect for as a talent. And if he ends up being a big time pro, would not surprise me one bit. Those are important factors, though. You know? Yeah, well, they are, especially We're just early. talking about Jeremy Hill at the beginning of the podcast. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Hill. Hill, I, I didn't have that problem with so much at LSU. His problems at LSU were more off-field kind of stuff. Yeah. I, and I know the coaching staff definitely, you know, had the light of fire under him. But, you know, maybe it's like you said, he needs the right people. Yeah. You know, I think the fire worked when it came to what he did on the field. I liked his film at LSU. Um, but, you know, look, some it's not – it's just human nature, right? Yeah. Like salesmen. We don't just pay salesmen a flat fee. It's, there's commissions for a reason. Go get it. Yeah. You know, we want it. You know, it's a carrot and a stick. Yeah. Um. So you know, s- some guys need that carrot, and maybe 
maybe you're right. Maybe what he needs is the right environment and a coaching staff that'll push the right buttons. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely got the talent, and, and I'm a fan. And uh, when it comes to running the rock, He's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I generally prefer wide base runners. He's a narrow base runner, but yeah, that's getting nitpicky. The guy can run the football. Um, now, speaking of wide base runners, the yeah. next guy, John Kelly. This guy's interesting based on what I read here. I love this yeah, guy. Yeah, John Kelly, he's, Tennessee. He's so good when it comes to – I mean, he just does everything well. There's nothing he doesn't do well. Um, now, is he fast? No. Um, and he's interesting in that he showed up at the combine heavier than you thought, and then he ran slower than you figured. Mm. Probably those things are related. Um, I, I would think, think, yeah. Yeah, I think what this kid needs to do is find his optimal weight and stick with it. Mm. Um, I think some backs do that. They don't want to be pigeonholed as a small back, so they come into the combine heavy. Bulk up a little bit, yeah. And then they don't perform as you might expect. Mm. Um, I think Kelly's probably a guy who should play, you know, about 210. Um, you know, you know, Rex Burkhead weight, and, yep. and Burkhead's the guy I compare him to. If you mm. look at his skill set, he destroys linebackers with his routes. He runs incredibly fundamentally sound. He can get low to win the leverage it's battle, important. But, yep. but he can also stiff arm you, spin off you, just stop, start, cut away from you. He can string cuts together, but he can also be a one-cut-and-go guy. He really has got a wonderful combination of skills, um, I and I really tempted you know, I was tempted to move him up. I, and but the bottom line is this tier is really tight, and I don't have separation between ten and five. These are just six running backs who I really like. Yeah. And order them however you know, you know, to our listeners, order them how you like. These guys are all really good. Um, but you might be able to get him at a value if he's like if, if the perception of him is like that's right. more like ten or fifteen or something, then you're we'll really the see, money. We'll have to see what the NFL thinks of him. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, maybe his combine puts enough teams off where he slides into that fifth, sixth round area. Mm. I, I don't think he should, mm. but if he did, then he becomes perhaps a dynasty steal yeah. in his drafts because he'll conceivably set maybe even out of the second round for all we know. And then, gosh, he could he could really be a find. I, but he's all, but the problem is when you slip that late into the draft, you're you know you now you're. You know you're vulnerable to getting drafted and being stuck behind Todd Gurley yeah. or Zeke Elliott yeah. or you know some monster like that. So he definitely could get into that luck of the draw kind of situation. Um, but from a talent perspective, uh, John Kelly just I think he's a big time running back. Got I, it done in the toughest conference too. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, right? Exactly. And they're doing something right with the with the running backs of Tennessee. Yeah, these these guys are you know pretty good fundamental football players the last couple of years. So yeah. uh, you know, Kamara last year, Kelly this year, uh, like these guys. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. a good a good little target there to think about, John Kelly, and a guy, a guy you're not hearing a ton about, which we go yeah, well, like to focus on um, this guy. It's, I hope it's posted later today. The uh, the sit down I had with Elliot Christ yesterday, mm. um, and he Elliot has him ranked four. Ooh. Uh, and I that was inspiring for me. I almost moved him up to five or six. Yeah. I'm like, nah, he's Elliot's guy. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave that for Elliot. But I like him almost that much. Yeah, that's um, good to know. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes it's nice when someone you respect sort of flips your scouting yeah, report right yeah. back in your face. Yeah. And he basically said all the stuff I think about Kelly as well. So that's good. Um, so that's now me, Coach, and Elliot all sort of feel the same way about this player. So. Um, Sold. Call it confirmation bias, but you know, safety in numbers sometimes. So yeah, uh, this is a player I really like. I think he's going to shock some people if he gets a chance. Um, Jalen Samuels tops off the next tier. This is the this is the fourth we tier. About right? Right. Tier four right. running back. It feels ranked. like tier three because we gave Barkley his own tier. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> it's the fourth tier, eleven through sixteen. 
uh, with a lot of talent here. So we at the at the kind of at the top of the pub in a little bit yesterday talked about Jalen Samuels. We'll probably talk about him more tomorrow when we do the tight ends because yes. he's kind of a mixed bag of both of all of them. You know? Yeah, yeah. And again, I I it's I'd love to see the Patriots find a way to get their hands on this guy without overpaying because he would just be so great in their scheme. Again, where you don't know what he is when, he, when he's in the huddle, you're not sure what he is. Yeah. Is he a running back? Is he a tight end? Is he an H back? Is he going to slot? He can do all these things. So to have a guy like him on a team that already has Burkhead and Gronkowski and Julian Edelman, you know, all the, the, the route diversity and positional diversity that you get with all these players, the Patriots' ability and Brady's ability to find the matchup pre-snap is just going to be through the roof. Yeah. Now he he's got Patriot written all over him. He's he, he he's intriguing. Really yeah, he really does. yeah, he does. And particularly with the needs they have, look at the the Gronk saga. You know, keeps kind of developing, and I think they're going to be looking at tight end. It might not mean it's this guy, but if right. they can get this guy in some context and use him as a weapon, I said as I said yesterday, don't think so myopically when you think of the Patriots. They lose a tight end, they have to get a tight end. They lose receive. They, they don't yeah. they don't think and, that way. And clearly, he can't replace Gronk in any. No, way God because, no. Because you're talking about a like a what a 30 40 pound difference in terms of size and you know you no, more than that and then like Jalen, a, a, Jalen Samuels can't go play in line more than a half a foot but I'm just talking about right. talent and diversification that you can use right. on your offense I'm just right? saying if if, yeah. if if Gronk is traded on draft day Patriots need to draft a real tight end oh yeah well you then, then we'll get into Hurst tomorrow you right. know well I, I see I, that's where I don't even know if Hurst can replace Gronk because I don't know about Hurst in line to tell you the truth mm. Hurst is to me a Mostly a guy who's going to be a detached joker kind of guy. I mean, he'll block for you in space. And I mean, you know, like the Giants did with Ingram, you can stick him there on the end of the line. He'll battle for you. But you know, who's, again, the, who's the next kid? Is the kid from South Dakota State that's the the tight end that people? Goddard's another guy that's who I it. think yeah. is more receiver than blocker. Mm. Um, you know, uh, well, you know what? This is tomorrow. Say show. that for let's tomorrow. Not, yeah. yeah, let's not go down this rabbit hole right now. Yeah. Um, but let's keep going down this list now. Mark Walton, uh, who's the guy I have ranked after Samuels, yep. you know, he's a guy I easily could have pushed down or up a couple spots depending on what kind of mood I'm in. Um, I love the talent. This kid's got incredibly light, quick feet, soft hands, runs wonderful routes. He can mm. just, just you know, like Burkhead and Kelly and and Barkley, he can destroy linebackers in space. Um, but he's a little bit small. He's not particularly fast, and he makes a lot of shaky decisions when he runs the football. Mm. I don't. He 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 grab bags and goes in reverse too often when he doesn't like what he sees. Guy like that can and, run himself onto the bench when you yeah, do that. Yeah, exactly. He's you know he's a guy who's going to chalk up a lot of three yard losses. Not my style of runner. But having said that, if he, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, if he goes to the right team that can get his head on correctly, he's got the talent to maybe be a star, you know? Mm. He's one of those, he's got a really wide spectrum of outcomes. I think the right coach, the right scheme, and a good offensive line, and it's, it could be like, wow, Mark yeah. Walton, how you doing? Like, say the Cowboys drafted him and Zeke Elliott went down. It could you just know, this take kid over. Could, right, yeah. This kid could just like explode onto the scene. You know what I mean? Or so, he could be a frustrating fantasy owner yes, if he, yes. yeah, if he messes he could, up and you're like, this guy has talent. Get him right, in the game. You right. Know? And as a rookie, that probably wouldn't happen for yeah. the reasons I've said. But maybe in a year, you know, if for some reason he found himself in a good situation, he's the kind of kid who could pin the needle and knock it out of the park. Mm. Um, 
So again, you know, definitely depending on what kind of league you're in, depending on what the situation on your dynasty roster is, could become a compelling pick in the second round if he doesn't slip too far. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. That's Sorry, Mark I Walton went, from Miami. Yeah, just went for the water there. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm talking a lot. You can refresh. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, Kalen Bellage next on the list. Well, this is the guy we talked about a little bit earlier that people seem to really like um, in terms Some of... Some people love this Yeah. Kid. And... Uh, don't get me wrong. I see all the tantalizing things. He's big. He's fast. He, you know, he, he catches the football really well. Um, you know, his route work is really impressive. Um, he's got really quick feet for a running back. He could be one of these next generation running backs that we talk about, where yeah. you know he he runs the football, but he also can be split out and do all these different kinds of things. And he's big, man. He's six one, two twenty eight. He's way big. The Ooh. problem is he doesn't play big. Mm plays really small, terrible in pass protection, doesn't really block for his teammates in the way that I'd like to see him block for his teammates. Um, so there's a disconnect between the measurables mm. and the things you see on a highlight reel and the things that you see on a down-to-down basis. Mm. You know, he's sort of like that baseball player where you love him when he plays against your team, but then he gets traded to your team and you see him for 162 games and you're able to pick out all the flaws. J.D. Drew. Okay, J.D. Drew. Good, good, there you go. Yeah. So you, you had it right there. Yeah. All, I, all I had to do was, was, was <laughs> load it up. up. Right. So, you know, I, to me, he's got that kind of potential. And I'm, I don't want to kill the kid because I don't know him from Adam, and, and, and maybe he's going to be the next great thing. He's got the talent to do it. I just see, you know, I see a bust. Some red flags. Yeah, to me, he's got bust potential, but he's also got a huge ceiling. Well, put um, it this way. At his size and at his skill set, and he's ranked, you know, 14th in your rankings. There's a reason for that. Those other things are problematic. We talked at the outset at the changing dynamic of the position and the league and where it's going. Those are those are important things. Yeah, like you know, you got to pass protect. Demario Richard is a guy I really liked. I love the way he runs, but he's too slow. Yeah. I was hoping he'd run a four six at the combine. He came in four seven. That's just too slow for a guy his size. Um, but when you think about the fact that Arizona State's coaches couldn't keep Richard off the field, he was mm. getting all of Bellage's carries. Mm. That's not good. There's a reason for that, and that's yeah, at the college level. Exactly. So, you know, to me, Bellage, I think I said it in the article, I'd be tempted to think a position switch with him. I would be tempted to say maybe this guy should just go to tight end right now, mm. and let's just turn him into a joker tight end. Let's see if we can turn him into Dustin Keller. Mm. You know, hopefully without the massive knee injury. Yeah, well, um, he's a productive player for a while. Yeah, well, so, you know, so and you know, man, maybe Balaj wouldn't be upset with that for all the reasons we got into uh, with Jalen Samuels. So um, that's my take on the player. I know there's a lot of smart people who think he'll be a great running back, and and uh, you know, I could see it. I there's just too many plays where he doesn't hit the hole right. Yeah. Or, you know, he, uh, you know, I I want a more intense and more. What's the word I'm looking? I, he doesn't. He doesn't diagnose quick enough for me. Mm. He doesn't read it. Quick doesn't enough process for me. it well. And yeah. sometimes he just picks the wrong hole. And I. No, well, the I, league is fast, man. The NFL the yeah. defenses in the, in the NFL are fast, right. and it's not like it used to be. Like twenty so years ago, you'd have to like throw in different looks, lots of nickel, lots of dime to get speed on defense. It's not like that anymore. I mean, the, the defensive ends are fast, yeah. <laughs> let alone the linebackers. You know what I mean? So you got to be able to be decisive and and process the game quickly. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously one of the best running backs in, in the whole league is the king of waiting. You know, I mean, Le'Veon Bell is so patient. Yeah, he's like almost, on a time delay. Right. So, you know, it, it can be done, and this guy's got Le'Veon Bell kind of height, but he's not Le'Veon Bell, yeah. okay? Uh, but, you know, 
I'll tell you the one running back that kept popping into my mind when I watched Bellage's film, and I watched a lot of it. Uh, it was Latavius Murray, who's you know also a real big back, mm. who's fast. Not Murray's a compliment actually, coming from you. Well, you know, I, I have a love-hate relationship with Latavius mm. Murray. Sometimes I really like him. And he actually ran well at times last year. Uh, but Bellage has that same kind of thing where sometimes I see it and then sometimes I don't. Um, now, he's not as fast as Latavius Murray in terms of straight-line speed, but by my eyes, he's a lot quicker than Latavius Murray, in and out of breaks. Um, but he's like Latavius Murray in that he's got good hands. So, you know, he could end up having a Latavius Murray kind of career, or maybe if he finds the right coaching staff that can teach him up, he could end up being something special. It's, again, mm. another guy with a wide range of outcomes. Yeah, but that, you know, there's, there's room in the league for guys like that. So, a guy, yeah. a guy don't be afraid oh, he's, to... he's getting drafted. Yeah. He's going to be in camp, and I, I'd be shocked if he didn't make a team. Yep. You know, what he is as a rookie, I have no idea. Mm. And, you know, how he's going to be deployed long term. Again, we're going to find out when a coaching staff gets their hands on him. All right, let's finish out the tier and then we'll wrap it up. There's a couple guys I want to get to. I want to get to Bo Scarborough. And you talked a little bit about Boston Scott. So the other guy in the tier is Daryl Williams from LSU. Another biggie, six foot, 229. Yeah. I'm a um, big fan. He's one of these guys where Fournette was there, so he didn't get a lot of time. Yeah, and I was going to say. was there, and he didn't get a lot of time. But in the, you know, the, the limited times where he filled in for Geis, he looked real good. Mm. Real good. And the thing about this kid is he's a little on the slow side. But he plays a little bit faster on games. I think he carries his pads really well. So I think the four seven two didn't shock me, but I think he's a little bit faster than that. Yeah. Um, additionally, he's obviously a huge kid. He's got big hands, and he can catch the football really well. He's got loose hips. Uh, you know, he's good in pass protection. You know, th- this is a kid. Excuse me, he doesn't really have big hands. That was not true. Uh, but. To me, he could be a lead big everything else. Yeah, he's, he, <laughs> he, he's got a, a three-down skill set, and if he went to the right team that gave him an opportunity, uh, he could be a real good NFL player. And low player. mileage, too, you know, with, you know, with it, Geist there. He's, I, you know. I'd like to see him go to a team like Carolina, where he could mm. he could be a puzzle piece in that backfield. He could be the big back uh, when they want a big back, when they want to get away well, that's from how they've d- That's how they've done it for a long time in Carolina, yeah. so that yeah. would be seamless for him. So he'd be a fit there. And so would yeah. Bo Scarborough, by the way. Scarborough, yeah. He'd be a good fit there. Um, Boston Scott, well, we already talked about him. Tiny, but... but but 203 pounds. Five, so, yeah, 5'6". Yeah. He's a little tank. He's a fire hydrant with agility. So mm. definitely a guy I'm, I'm really interest, interested to see where he's going to get taken. Um, and then we, we hit Philip Lindsay early in the draft, too. This kid from Colorado, 5'7", yeah, like 190. I, I, I am mind blown that this kid didn't get invited to the combine. I guess it's because he's an older prospect. Mm. But uh, he ran like a sub four four on one of the scouts' watches at his comp- at his pro day. Wow. Now I don't see that kind of speed on film, but he's fast and he's really freaking quick. I mean, this kid gets in there and makes subtle lane changes in tight space. He's that rare, sort of like Dion, where yeah, he's tiny. He doesn't belong between the tackles, but for some reason he's comfortable in there. Mm. Uh, and. You know, I'd love to see the Patriots grab this guy in the seventh round as the next Deion Lewis. Might he be there? Yeah, sure. Why not? Absolutely. I think he could go anywhere from, say, the sixth to the high-priority undrafted free agent. The other guy I want to get to, Pete, before we wrap it up, and we got to yeah. wrap it up pr- pretty shortly, Sure. Um, is I'm amazed. I'm always amazed when I see like, such big programs like Auburn, when you get, like, two guys that are that, that are drafted. Cameron Petway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because, you know, Carrion Johnson's a hell of a back from Auburn. We talked about him earlier. Yep. But what do you see in, uh, in Petway? Six-foot-235 is 
Big man. He's a big rumbler, bumbler kind of back. You know, I think he's going to, he's definitely going to have a role as a power back somewhere. Um, not, not super fast, but that's not his game. Um, and, you know, he's got pretty good all around skills. He's sort of like uh, a poor man's Daryl Williams. Okay. Um, coach likes him probably even a little more than I do, which maybe means we should like him a little more than mm. I do. Um, so, yeah, de- definitely one of these guys where I think on a typical year, He'd have maybe some buzz, but with this draft class, yeah, it's you know, it's hard to break through and get people talking about you when the top ten looks like this. All right, the last I got to wrap it up, but I, I can't yes. I can't let this go without talking about the twenty fifth guy in tier five, Chase Edmonds from Fordham. Yeah, do you know him? Uh, I just know a little bit about him because it just stuck out like a sore thumb <laughs> that he was from Fordham. Not you know? a hotbed of running back. Time. No, so give me give a give the listeners a little bit about this guy. Well, and could he could he make it in the draft? I watched all the film available on him. I think it was about four games, and the one thing that stood out to to me and the coach is that he's the best player in the field. And it was clear. Yeah. Every game I saw him play, he was the best player in the field. Now, he's a little undersized, and he's not super fast, and he didn't play against big-time competition. Right. So, you know, this is the kind of guy who could conceivably slip through the draft, go in the seventh round or something like that. It'll be a UDFA. Yeah, but when we talk about, you know, running backs where if he gets a chance somewhere someday, yep. it wouldn't surprise me if this kid did really well. You know, like sort of like Justin Forsett where he Yeah, bounced, he had a good career. Right, he bounces around the league, never really gets a shot, but he's always on a roster somewhere. Yeah. And then when he's 28 years old, the guy in front of him goes down, and he's starting, and everyone's going, where the heck did this guy yeah. come from? Yeah, he, You know, he could be that kind of guy. Interesting, interesting. All right, so Pete's article is up, if not now, shortly on the running backs. Pete and I are going to be back podcasting about the tight ends. That's a very top-heavy um, class, so it would be fun. We could do it quick, and we can, we can really get down deep into some of these guys. And then yeah, the draft Patriots is Thursday. Def, yeah, the Patriots, if the Patriots want a tight end, they're going to be able to get one. All right, sounds good. All right, Pete and I are going to sign off now, and then we're going to be back tomorrow with the tight ends, and the draft is on Thursday. Enjoy it, people. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 